Welcome to another Solid Rock Church podcast by Bishop Larry Ragland, Senior Pastor of Solid Rock Church. For more information and content, please visit solidrockchurch.com. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and you have a blessed day. 17 years old, he was thrown into a pit. At 17 years old, he was sold into slavery. More than likely before he reached 20, while he was still a teenager, he was falsely accused of rape and thrown into a prison. And in less than three to five years, conservatively, a boy had gone through more than most people would go through their, in their entire life. But everywhere he went and every, to every place he was thrown and every place, everything that was put on him, he stayed the same. He still saw himself the same. As the son of his daddy and the, and the one that received the dream from God. He carried that dream. He walked in that dream. He wore a coat that made him a legend. A story that would be told by billions of people, not millions, for thousands of years that he got to wear less than one day. The very thing that he wore less than one day that he is known all around the world for was the very thing that hung up or was laying in the room of his father that had gave it to him. Speaking lies about him that not only was he not with his father anymore that he had been ripped to shreds by a wild animal and was dead and gone little did he know that the, the boy that he thought was dead and had been mangled was in chains probably being beat by a whip on his way to be sold at an auction I think his dad would have probably preferred that he was dead than to know that his son would have to go through what his son was about to have to go through. He was raised with favor into Potiphar's house. The man that bought him was given access and, uh, and governorship of everything in his house. Potiphar's wife wanted to sleep with him. He would not do it. He kept his integrity she falsely accused him of rape. And once again, a garment was left behind to tell a lie. Are you hearing me? While he had to move to the next phase of where he would be taken and thrown, there was still a garment laying in the bedroom of Potiphar prideful that he avenged the attack on his wife while laying next to a liar and believing a false narrative. See, when somebody that you trust tells you a lie, you tend to believe the lie. Now, I'm not saying everything you're being told right now is a lie, but a lot of people keep telling us we're supposed to trust 
the story. The voice. But that same voice is telling me that a baby growing in somebody's belly is not a baby. That same voice is telling me that no matter what my DNA and my chromosomes say, I can't decide whether my children or whether myself is a boy or a girl, but I'm still supposed to believe everything they say. That's a lie. God don't create mistakes. Now you may, listen, if you're struggling with this, you got a family member struggling with it, listen to what I just said. Struggling with it. It's a fight. And we need to pray for them and we need to love them. We don't need to judge them and throw them away. I'm just talking about the facts. The facts are this. You a boy, you know what comes with a boy. You're a girl, you know what comes with a girl. Don't willfully believe everything anyone tells you just because someone said they're the expert. Can I go further? Do not willfully live your life and make decisions off of what I say. I am just a man. I do not want you making life-altering decisions off of my opinion and my words. But if I read the Word of God to you, you better do what the Word of God says. You better do what Jesus told you to do. You might not do what Pastor Larry telling you to do, but you better do what he told you to do. Because when you get to heaven, it don't matter. Some of y'all more con- more concerned about making sure you do what I tell you to do than you are about what God's told you to do. And I, you have a rude awakening when you stand before God. My name ain't going to be brought up. I'm, this is a still a sermonette. So he's thrown into the prison. Watch what happens. I'm going to go in lightning speed. Here we go. Joseph's masters took him and put him into prison. Listen to the next words. A place where the king's prisoners were confined. Not a place where a dreamer and a kingdom man is supposed to be. It's a place that is reserved for actual criminals. He was there in the prison. But, everybody say but. But the Lord was with Joseph. You see the pattern? And showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Does that sound like a pattern? The keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand and all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not even look into anything that was under Joseph's authority. Because the Lord was with him. Whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. He didn't even, he, he just went home. He just came in, went in his office, watched TikTok videos, and then went home. He didn't go check on the prisoners because he knew Joseph had it. He was there in prison, but the Lord was there with Joseph. I want you to know something. God never promises us a life that will be free from pits. Look at your neighbor and tell him pit happens. Enunciate. Pit happens. Never, 
Never promises there won't be prisons. Never promises that we won't be bound. Can I tell you something? You put chains on my hands, that don't bind me. They put chains on the hands and the feet and around the neck and chained them to a wall of Paul and Silas and told them, tomorrow you will die, but tonight you are chained in a dungeon. But they wasn't chained because when everybody left, they just started singing praises unto God. They started giving praise unto God. And they had still had chains on the wrist, still had chains on the feet, but they wasn't chained on the inside. And they began to praise Him. And when they praised Him, guess what? The, the Spirit freedom overrode the natural freedom and the chains fell off of the wrist my god are y'all hearing me the prison don't define you the pit don't define you what's on you and in you defines you you might put me in a jumpsuit bright orange you might have a black and white striped suit and put me on the chain game but I got news for you I don't care what people think about me going down the side of the road greater is he that's within me than he that's within the world I might look like I'm bound up right now but I am not bound up on the real me is not bound up I am free whom the son has set free is free indeed and guess what sometimes I thank God for the change because if I wouldn't chain down sometimes in the natural I'd be running around doing things I shouldn't do sometimes God allows the problems of life to hold you in place so that you don't get stupid did anybody hear what this preacher just said look at your neighbor tell him don't be stupid I'm almost through (laughs) the Lord was with Joseph Everything. Watch this. I want you to hear this. This is what this meant. It's hard to process. This meant that every day Joseph went in, made sure that every prisoner was chained. He had free reign. You can't run a prison if you're chained in a cell. So every day, but he was still a prisoner. So he was chained in a cell. Every day, Joseph got unchained. More than likely, it's going to sound crazy. It's a gospel according to Larry, but if you read it, it's got to mean something similar to this. That meant every night, Joseph, after he had done, went, locked everybody up, treated them good, told them good night. He walked into his spot. He sat down in his spot. He grabbed his own chains and his own shackles, and he shackled himself down, and he put the key right beside him, and he went to bed. Are y'all hearing me? Every morning when he woke up, the key was sitting right next to him. Joseph would get up, unshackle himself, go through the prison, unshackle the ones that need to be unshackled, make sure they were all fed, do it again the next day. Because God could trust Joseph with the key. Jesus said, I I see all these people talking about who they think I am. I need to know before I go any further in this thing that I'm doing with y'all, who do you say that I am? Well, some of them say you're Isaiah. Some of them say you're John the Baptist. Some of them say this. Oh, yeah, I heard all that. 
But who do you say that I am? Peter stood up and said, I'll tell you who you are. You are the Christ. You are the chosen one. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Woo! Jesus said, Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. Peter, you are the rock, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's shouting ground right there. But watch this. The very next thing he said, he says, and unto you I shall give the keys to the kingdom. Whatever things you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever things you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Hey, in other words, he said, they may lock you up and throw away the key, but what they don't realize is you got your own set of keys. Come on, somebody. Oh, Jesus said you ain't got it yet. You don't understand it yet. You, don't, you can't premise it yet in your mind, but you'll get it one day. And the Bible said when Jesus died on that cross three days later, he came back from the dead. My God. And he began to preach. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Just like John the Baptist. They just like the ones that went before. And he said, I have been given the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Death, where is our victory? Come out of y'all here. Oh, I feel the grave ain't got no hold on me. Jesus and took back the keys, shook them in the devil's face, made an open show of them. And he said, what I have. I give unto thee. Uh, I got some keys. The devil can't do that. He ain't even got keys to his own house. So every day, he knew, as long as I'm here, I'm going to be a leader. As long as I'm here, I'm going to be a voice. I know I ain't staying here because this ain't the dream. I know this ain't permanent because this ain't the dream. They thought the pit was permanent. They thought, they thought slavery was permanent. And I'm sure they think they'll never see me again. I don't know when and I don't know how but this ain't the end this ain't how this ends but you know what this is what Joseph said I like it what Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego said Nebuchadnezzar said I'm going to throw you in that fire furnace and it's the hottest fire that's ever been known to man you're going to be devoured what's your God going to do then Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego standing there tied in ropes couldn't even use their hands and their feet bound up like this they're about to be thrown in there by a soldier they said, you got any last words? They said, yeah, we got a few. Let me just say this and put it on the record. I know this one thing. My God is capable of meeting me in that fire and bringing me out. Oh, but that was a shouting line there. But the next line, but even if he doesn't, even if he don't, you need to hear me, Nebuchadnezzar. I ain't bowing to you, and I ain't bowing to your God. <laughs> My God, I can preach to three o'clock. I'm serious. Some of you visitors are like, honey, did he just say three o'clock? 
That was a joke. What's this? Coming down off this mountain. So, real fast, not going to read it. He's sitting there one day and people's watching him. Because people will watch you. Especially when they've heard you done declared something about your life. And it looks like you're going in the opposite direction. They'll watch you to watch you because they want to see you fall. Are y'all, am I right? They want to see you go down so they can go, well, well you know, I wasn't in conviction around them. But, you know, he, 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 I, at least I'm still standing. Look at him. They want to tear down the testimony. But he was just faithful. One day, two of his fellow prisoners talking about dreams. And you talk about dreams, you're going to get Joseph's attention. They start talking about dreams. One of them was a butler. One translation calls him butler. He's really the cupbearer of the king. And one of them was the chief baker. They both, we don't really know what they did, but they did something to the Pharaoh to cause the Pharaoh to throw him into prison. They both had a dream the same night. One of them had a dream of a tree. The cupbearer had a dream of a tree of branches or excuse me, of a vine. And of that vine, there was branches coming off the vine of grapes. And he goes over there and he takes the grapes and he crushes them into a, a cup. And he gives that cup to Pharaoh and Pharaoh drinks of it. The other one had a dream, the baker, that he had baked a bunch of uh, bread. And there was three baskets. And those three little baskets were sitting on top of his head. On top of the baker's head. And birds were coming and eating out of the baskets. They had heard about Joseph and how he could interpret dreams. What do you think this means? He said, let me tell you, both of them, both of them. See, the first one had three branches. The other one had three baskets. He said, both of the threes in your dream represent three days. And in three days, both of you are going to get out of prison. Can you imagine prophesying a word that somebody's getting out of prison while you're still in prison? How many know sometimes what you make for others, God will make happen for you? While you're praying for a new car, and you stand next to somebody's praying for a new car, you might need to pray for them to get a new car. Okay. I know you don't want to do that. but So he said, both of them, I got, I, I got something to tell you. Both of them represents three days. I'm going to go with you first, cupbearer. Here's yours. The cup and, the, and the, the three days and all that that you gave the cup and let Pharaoh drink. I'm going to tell you what that means. That means in three days you're going to be standing next to the king again. You're going to hold his cup and you're going to be his cup bearer again. Everything you lost is going to be restored. That baker's like, okay. Come on with my word. He said, you sure? Yeah, man. You said the same three days. Yep. Three days you're coming out too. But when you come out, the king is going to behead you, nail your body to one tree, and hang your head from another. And the three baskets that are above you that the birds was eating represents the birds coming and eating your flesh while your head is hanging on pole. Well, I don't receive that word, brother. Three days later, it happened just like he said. Two years later. Did you hear what I just said? All that happened, he prophesied to us. He says, all I ask to the cupbearer, 
When God does this, will you just remember that I'm here? Remember me and that I'm innocent. I did not do what they said I did. Two years. Then forgot all about Joseph. Until the day Pharaoh shows up. Talking about tormented about these dreams. Two dreams that he had in one night. I love it when you read it. It says he dreamed the first dream, which was the dream of he saw seven fat cows, the healthiest cows you could possibly see, and seven of the most disease-ridden, disgusted dying cows came up on them, and the disgusting dying cows ate and devoured the three fat cows. And the Bible says he woke up, and after he realized, watch this, this is powerful, that it was a dream, he went back to sleep. That meant it was a nightmare. Have, how many's ever woke up and didn't realize if you were asleep or if it had really happened? He's thinking it really happened. That's how real it was. And then he realized it was a dream. So he finally goes back to sleep. He goes back to sleep again. He sees seven strong, healthy stalks of wheat blowing in the wind like they're supposed to and seven weak, nasty, mold-ridden, all the, the grain was gone from them over here, rose up and, and devoured the seven grains that was healthy and that was it for him. He goes and he calls the, the magicians. He calls the dream interpreters. He calls them all and no one has a word for him. Nobody, nobody can sh tell him what this means. He is tormented on the inside and is at that moment the cupbearer standing there. He remembers Joseph. He said, Pharaoh, if I may speak, when I was in prison, there was a young Hebrew man, Hebrew boy, who looked at me and told me that I would be standing right where I'm standing, tied to a dream that I had. I've never seen anybody so accurate. Immediately, without even thinking, Pharaoh calls to the prison. And here's Joseph doing everything he does every day. There's no showers down there. He's probably nasty. He probably stinks. But he's done the best he could with his appearance. He looks rough. Joseph, yes, sir. Pharaoh, listen to the words, and I'm closing. Pharaoh has had two dreams. And the cupbearer has remembered you. And he told Pharaoh of you. And he has called for you to come and stand before him. Today, right now. Okay. Go read your Bible. I ain't got time to read it. It's in your Bible. Basically, he says, okay, give me just a moment. Still there. For on the way, I need to stop by, uh, I need to stop by some water. I need to take a shower. I need to take a bath. What? The king wants you now. No, you can't see me like this. This is in your Bible. And I need a razor. Because I know how the Egyptians feel about facial hair. They believe it's a curse. I cannot stand in this moment with facial hair on me. I need to stop by a barber. The Bible said he prepared himself, cut his hair, and shaved his face. Cleaned himself up. Because let me tell you what he knew. He knew. When I walk out of here today, I'm never coming back.
Come on, y'all hear me. <laughs> this is it. Because when he heard two dreams, he remembered his two dreams. He remembered that he got out of there because of two dreams. He stood before Pharaoh, cleaned up, dressed up, a Hebrew. Skin tone, color, race that was hated by the Egyptians. Outsider. A dog in the eyes of the Egyptians. The most powerful man in the world says, okay, I'm going to tell you, but I don't have any faith that you're going to know. And he tells him the dreams. Pharaoh speaks up and says, I mean, uh, Joseph speaks up and says something powerful. He says, before I go any further, this is in your Bible, it blows my mind. He says, because you have dreamed this twice, therefore it is of God. Because you didn't get up and leave when you woke up after the first one and just shrug it off. The only reason I'm here is because you dreamed again. Slap your neighbor and tell him you might need to dream again. See, some of y'all done woke up and didn't let the first dream speak to you, but God's about to get you to dream again and going to remind you of the things that you thought you had missed. Seven cows of seven wheat, that's fat. Those represent seven good years that are coming. The seven wheat puny dying cows, seven wheat puny wheat grains, stalks, represent seven years of the famine as such humanity has never known. The good seven years are coming first. The bad seven years are coming second. What you do in the first will determine if you survive in the second. But you need, this is, what, this is what Joseph said, you need to start this today. That's what he told him. Gather all that you can and store as much as you can for what is coming. Now watch this. He did not know this man. He was a Hebrew. He had no right to even speak, to even be in the king's court. And here he is giving advice. And the Bible says something profound. And the king and all those that served him all were in agreement that this was wise counsel and from God. I mean, I'm talking about the ones he brought in to interpret the dream. They said, we didn't, we didn't get it, but he got it. God's about to turn some of the very ones that have judged you, mocked you in your own family, on your, on your job site, who have tried to destroy you, are about to look at you and say, you know what? I want what you got. Because I ain't never seen nobody respond. Because remember, life's not about what happens to you. It's about how you respond to what happens to you. Huh? Closing statement. I've skipped four pages of notes for y'all. Two years. Now I'm not. I'm, this ain't no spooky conspiracy theory thing that I'm saying here. Okay. But I thought two years. And after two years. 
we've gone through some stuff in the last two years. We've lost people. We've lost jobs. We've lost things. We've lost economies. People have lost their faith. They've lost a lot. Two years. His only way out so far that he had seen was gone. How's he, he going to think that anybody's ever going to remember him? Why are you going to think it in the third year he's going to remember him? After two years, man, your hope is gone in the natural, but not Joseph. Joseph was wearing something, and something was wearing Joseph. After two years, the church is about to finally come out of some things. And people of God who have been called country bumpkin, checking their brain at the door, idiots and not enlightened, are about to stand before governors and kings and presidents and mayors and councils and speak the counsel of God. For, because this will be the message. What you do now will determine how you survive what is coming. So I got to read you my last statement that I made. It actually came this morning to me. It says this. He was shown that he was a leader even of his own family as a boy. He became a leader of the whole house of Potiphar as a slave. He became the leader of the whole house of a prison as a prisoner. He became the leader of the whole house of Egypt as a Hebrew. This was the fulfillment of the final stage of the two dreams he had in the beginning. The Bible says as he sat down beside Pharaoh, listen to these words, all of Egypt bowed their knee to the Hebrew. When he saw all of the nation of Hebrew bow their knee to him, God was reminding him of the dream. When he said, you'll one day be in a position, no one will believe that you're the likely candidate, but every knee, even your own father, will kneel before you and need you in their life. And one day, next week, if I get to it, and it'll be the last week of this series, his brothers will fulfill the dream. And I'm telling you, that's what the remnant is. It's the coat. It's the favor. And don't you believe the lie that the church is done and that the church is irrelevant. The remnant is rising. And we're a part of it. We're not it. We're a part of it. It's happening all over the world. People are waking up. Even though they're still in prison, they're ruling and leading the prison. If you're going to be somewhere, you might as well be a leader. Come on, can I get an amen? Get up on your feet and give the Lord a praise right now. Somebody say, this word was for me.